Welcome to the Bookish Cafe, a podcast where we'll discuss books, sharing our love of coffee and reading, and get way too invested in fictional characters. I'm Taylor. Today, I'm going to cover Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mahurin. Today, I'm drinking just black coffee. It's the 8 o'clock coffee brand that you can get at the grocery store, and I'm drinking it in my blue soup mug with one of my favorite cities on it. I heard about Serpent and Dove through Bookstagram, as I'm sure most people did if they hadn't read it before 2020. I hear about a lot of books through Bookstagram and I actually picked up Serpent and Dove because it said that it was an enemies to lovers plot recommendation and honestly I probably should have some shame in the fact that if you tell me enemies to lovers is in the plot I will likely read the book but I really don't have any shame about it. I am doing something a little bit different with the podcast today where I am batch recording so in the next couple episodes when I tell you what I'm drinking it will likely be the same thing but I'll try to be creative about it and you will hear on the next couple episodes that I really do read a book if uh, someone recommends it as enemies to lovers. If you haven't read Serpent and Dove and you want to and you don't want to spoil the book for yourself, stop listening because I do spoil. Come listen later after you finish the book and you'll have someone to talk about it with. I didn't read this story in prep for the podcast. I actually just finished Blood and Honey, but I tried to keep my opinions and thoughts unbiased from reading Blood and Honey just recently. And I'm actually going to do a mini episode about Blood and Honey because of how many negative reviews it has because I actually enjoyed Blood and Honey. And so I just want to talk about it and it'll probably be like a 10 minute episode. So that being said, when I am going over the plot in Serpent and Dove, I am trying to remember a plot that I read over a year ago. All right. So Serpent and Dove just jumps right in. We start off with two of our main characters. Lou and Coco. They are eavesdropping on someone named Madame LaBelle and Tremblay, who is really only addressed by name in this book, from what I remember. They find out Madame LaBelle, the owner of the Bell Rose, which is a brothel in this world, is trying to buy a magical ring. It's called Angelica's ring. And Lou and Coco want it. You don't know why. It doesn't really give that detail from what I remember. I was very confused why they wanted the ring. <laughs> But they want it, so they plan to steal it. By eavesdropping on these people, they learn where the ring is located, the Tremblay's house, and they enlist this guy, Bass, to help. I am mentioning him because he does come back later in the story, but he's an annoying character and he's kind of irrelevant, but he's there. <laughs> and so something that's important to know about this world is witches are seen as evil and they are hunted down by chassers, which are basically like witch hunters within the church. So Bass, the character I just mentioned, knows Coco and Lou are both witches and that Lou hasn't used her magic in a long time because she is hiding from someone. And when you use your magic in this world, it has a scent. But for this ring, she is willing to use her magic. At this point, you don't know who Lou is hiding from. You do learn later in the story, but at the beginning, you have no idea. You just know she's on the run and Coco's with her. So we're kind of, they're making their plan. They're getting all that together. And then after that happens, 
Lou leaves Bass and Coco for a little bit to like steal stuff, go be a criminal. I don't really understand the point of this. She was just like, I want to go do this real quick and then I'll come back. It's, it's a good time because <laughs> there is some sort of parade happening for the royal family. So Lou should go, in theory, unnoticed at this point. And she's in the city at this point, but she is dressed like a man so that people don't recognize her. I don't I don't really understand that part. Like, it, I think it's just because I think from what I remember in the story, it's because women will get stopped. And even if Lou's not using her magic, they could still learn that she's a witch. I don't know. But I just remember she was dressed like a man. And when she's in the city, she runs into Reed, who is captain of the Chassers. And I already said what a Chasser was, but it's like a witch hunter. And the Chassers are led by the Archbishop, who is another character you need to know in this story. This is the first encounter Lou and Reed have. And Reed does realize at some point Lou is not a man, despite the way she's dressed. But thankfully, something happens at the parade. And it causes Reed to have to go deal with it because he's a chasser. He has to deal with stuff like this. So the disturbance at the parade is an attack from the witches, the Dom Blanches. And their leader, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this name, La Dom de Sorceress. She's the leader of the Dom Blanches. She's called the Triple Goddess and she can shift between Maiden mother and crone. She's the only one in the Don Blanches who can do that. And she does it to read and it confuses him. It's a whole thing. Anyway, then we transition because all there just goes, goes, goes. We get to where Lou, Coco, and Bass break into the Tremblay's house. At this point, you learn that Coco is a Dom Rouge, which is different than a Dom Blanche. A Dom Rouge is a blood witch. So she uses blood to do magic. And then at this point, you also learn that Lou is a Dom Blanche, which means she sees patterns and nature requires balance for Lou to use her magic, whereas nature doesn't exactly require a balance for Coco to use hers. But like the balance in nature for Don Blanche's with patterns and stuff is like, say someone dies and you want to bring them back, another person has to die in their place. So the Chassers end up at the Tremblay house because someone tipped them off about witches being there. And it's kind of like this chase scene that happens and Bass like betrays them at some point, but everyone gets away, but they didn't see them using magic. So they don't know like who the witch is of the group. They just know they were there. The reason I think that that's the way it has to happen is because of what happens later in the story. It wouldn't really make sense if they saw and knew that like Lou was a wit. So like I said, the author just keeps going. I mean, like when I'm re retelling this story right here, giving you the summary, this is truly how it goes. The author just wastes no time. Um, Lou lives in the attic of the theater, which is in the city. And she chooses to stay there after her and Coco like split because Lou's like, you, they saw you, like you gotta go, whatever. And, um, but Lou's like, I'm gonna stay in the city. There's a show at the theater like the next morning and Reed spots Lou when she leaves her hiding spot in the attic. And the reason, the only reason she left her hiding spot with this crowd was because she had to go to the bathroom. That was it. That's why she left her hiding spot. And when Reed spots her, he chases her down and they fall onto the stage. The people are mad because they think Reed is hurting Lou and the archbishop steps in and says they have to get married to cover that up because Reed is a chasser. A chasser can't be seen hurting a woman or in a compromising position with a woman because chassers are celibate unless they get married. So Rue, Rue, 
So Reed and Lou agree to get married. And the reason they agree to get married on Rue's, I keep saying Rue, on Reed's part is because Reed is a chaser. He was caught in a compromising position and the archbishop tells them that the only way to like save Reed's face, especially because he's the captain of the chassers, not just a chasser, is if Reed and Lou get married. I learned some other details in the story later on that are like, oh, that's really why he wanted y'all to get married. It actually has nothing to do with that, but whatever. And so Lou's like, yeah, okay, because what's the alternative for her? She's been caught by a chasser and she's a witch. So they go to the ceremony and I mean like it is that is really how the story goes it's it's that quick <clears throat> they get married and Lou moves into the Chasser's Tower with Reed so keep in mind Lou is a witch and she just married a witch hunter although the marriage is not really legal because Lou used a fake last name of course our girl did and while they're kind of getting settled in Reed tells Lou she can't go to the top of the Chasser's Tower which of course makes Lou go of course I'm, I'm gonna find a way up there and then Reed also tells tells Lou that he is having a chasser trainee, Ansel, make sure she doesn't leave the tower. But before that happens, Reed questions Lou about Coco, who has found herself a position in the tower. But from what I remember, Coco disguised herself as someone else within the tower, and so they don't know that's Coco, but Lou does. <clears throat> and of course, Lou doesn't give any information up about Coco, but she does name Andrew and Gru, who are some of her enemies, and they do come up later in the story. So eventually, Lou does get to the top of the tower. It's like, it's a lot of sequence of events to get her there and like tricking Ansel. I believe she uses her magic to get to the top of the tower, but when she does, she finds Coco inside the infirmary at the top of the tower, which is where Coco practices magic because the presence of magic in the infirmary covers the scent of Coco practicing magic. The reason that there is the scent of magic in the infirmary is because there are witches up there, I believe. Honestly, I don't remember, but th for some reason, the scent of magic is in the infirmary. It's explained in the book. I just don't remember. So Lou comes back to the room and when Reed gets home, he says he's been out looking for Andre and Gru and says they couldn't find them. But guess who they found? Bass. And Reed tells Lou they're going to interrogate Bass and execute him. So Lou is like super concerned. She doesn't want Bass to get executed because this is her friend. He's also kind of like her ex-lover person. I, they have a weird relationship. Anyway, so she finds a way to sea bass and she frees him. So after Lou frees bass, she almost gets caught because she had to use her magic to free him. But at this point, she runs into like Reed and John Luke, who was another chasser. And Coco comes in to save the day as the person she's disguised as and is like, no, Lou was me. And then Lou some, for some reason puts herself like where bass was. And it just doesn't make any sense because she's like, it almost seems like she's trying to get herself caught and of course she doesn't but it's like you were you were fine <laughs> reed and lou start to like each other and they start falling in love and spending more time together and honestly i'm gonna fast forward through that because this is enemies to lovers but to me that's a more secondary 
plot it's interesting and it's cute but the main plot where it's like witch witch hunter is just i mean i know that's enemies to lovers but like the whole storyline as a whole and just all of it is so interesting it's it's very very good so anyway reed and lou go to the theater together to spend more time together and when they are at the theater madame labelle shows up asking to speak with lou madame labelle says something to lou that like freaks lou out you as the reader have no idea what she said and when she does it reed is like get away from her they try to like get madame labelle and they don't get her and so madame labelle goes free just freaks lou out and like leaves that's that's literally what happens so later in the story after like just some time of lou being freaked out and having nightmares i think about what madame labelle said to her you learn that Madame LaBelle told Lou she's coming for you. This is the part of the story where you learn who Lou has been running from. And who Lou has been running from is actually her mother, who is the leader of the Dom Blanches, the triple goddess. Lou was supposed to be sacrificed at 16 to save her people. So Lou is super scared at this point because her mother, who is, oh gosh, Morgan, it's spelled weird, but I'm just gonna call her Morgan, found her even though she's in the Chasser's Tower. So so Lou is super scared at this point because her mother, Morgan, found her even though she's in the Chasser's Tower. Lou finds a weapon to defend herself because she is so scared of her mother finding her in the Chasser's Tower and like getting to her. And so she continues to practice magic with Coco and the infirmary. Later, Reed and Lou run into Estelle, who is another witch. She's a Dom Blanche. You infer that she's a Dom Blanche. She recognized Lou and she wanted to take Lou back to go be the sacrifice for the Dom Blanche witches. But Reed knocks Estelle out and he takes her back to be burned at the stake. When Estelle is burned at the stake, which Lou watches from the tower in her bedroom, a crowd gathers to watch a witch be burned at the stake. She feels so guilty because she feels like it's her fault that Estelle is being killed right now and burned at the stake. She feels like she's killing her own sister. Because of that guilt, what Lou does with Ansel in the room is she takes Estelle's pain of burning at the stake. So remember, Dom Blanches, when they use their magic, it requires a balance. And so in order for Lou to take Estelle's pain away, she had to take on the pain of burning at the stake herself. And Ansel's in the room and she passes out from the pain and she wakes up three days later with Reed next to her and he's waiting and worrying about her and you kind of realize at this point that Ansel learned in that moment because he would have smelled the magic and you learn that Ansel didn't tell the Chassers that Lou is a witch even though he is a Chasser trainee. When Lou wakes up and she sees Reed they actually start to argue about how witches are people because Reed refers to witches as its and he's says it's not natural. He says they're not people. He hates witches. And he tells Lou that Estelle deserved her fate. And Lou says, and what if I were a witch, Reed? Would I deserve the same? And Reed says, yes. At this point, you start to learn the reason Morgan wants to sacrifice Lou is because if Lou dies, all of the king's children would die with her, which would end the suffering for the witches. So in the next parts of the book, it's a lot of just learning about different things. And one of the things you learn is how Reed became a chasser. You learn about a girl he was in love with and Reed and Lou at this point start to get closer and they start to flirt more and it's
it's really cute and they go into town together on a little date to shop for each other and on this date when they're shopping for each other they split up to go find each other a present and when they split Lou runs into Andre and Gru and she has to use her magic at this shop that she's in to kill them and it causes a whole scene and Reed finally shows up but despite the scent of magic in the air he doesn't suspect Lou. After that whole fiasco they run into Madame LaBelle again like a day later because they are going to some like event for the archbishop and Lou comes to the conclusion based on this encounter that Madame LaBelle is Reed's mother and Madame LaBelle warns Lou her mother is in the city and Lou at this point has the ring they stole at the very beginning and Madame LaBelle warns Lou not to take off the ring and we end up with Lou and the archbishop alone together because after they get back to the Chassler's Tower after meeting with Madame LaBelle that Reed is called outside to deal with a group of women gathering which personally I thought was like a really funny thing to say like in the book but the reason that it's so concerning is because this could be a group of witches when a bunch of women gather and so he's called out there to go deal with that because he's captain of the Chassers he has to deal with it and right before the archbishop and Lou get left alone Reed and Lou are talking about how Reed knows Lou is hiding something from him and she almost tells him right there that she is a witch but he like I said gets called out there he has to go and they don't get to finish their conversation and instead, Lou is with the Archbishop. And the Archbishop has to go to a, a performance that is being put on by the Ye Old Sisters while Lou is with him. So she goes with him. And during the performance, you learn that the Archbishop is Lou's dad. And the witches try to take Lou during that performance, but the Chassers, the Archbishop, and Reed are all determined to protect Lou. So Reed and Ansel get Lou back to the tower. But before Lou can explain the situation to Reed, another witch breaks in to the tower and attacks them. And Lou is forced to use her magic in front of Reed to protect him. So all of a sudden, Reed knows she's a witch because of that. And what happens is Lou and this other witch are using their magic to fight each other because the witch is telling Lou, you need to sacrifice yourself so we can rule the land like the Don Blanches can rule the land and Lou's like I'll be dead I will not be ruling the land like I will be just dead and Lou passes out from using that much magic but right before she passes out she tells Reed that she loves him so Lou wakes up and sees that Reed is fighting the witch and he's losing and so what Lou does because she can't fight her on her own is she uses her magic and a assist Reed basically to help him fight the witch and after the fight's over and everything's calmed down Lou learns that Reed does not love her because of her being a witch or that's the way that it is taken based on the conversation so once she learns that she runs off into the streets and when she's in the streets she is caught by she's not caught by Morgan she's caught by one of Morgan's huntsmen but caught by Morgan. You transition back to Reed and the archbishop comes in and is like, where's Lou? We have to go find her because the Don Blanche witches are planning a revolution. Per request of the archbishop, Reed, Coco, who they still don't know is Coco, Ansel, and Bo, who is the prince in the story, and Madame LaBelle set out to go find Lou. And Madame LaBelle fills all of those characters in on a ton of stuff like Morgan's plan, how Madame LaBelle tipped 
tipped off the Chasters at the beginning of the story when they were at the Tremblay's house, hoping that Lou would be protected, that you learn that Madame LaBelle is a Dom Blanche witch, and Reed also learns at this point that Madame LaBelle is his mother and that his father is the king. And Lou is wherever the Dom Blanche witches are set up. And the way I read this, I don't think this is right, but I read this as it was like a camp in the woods, but I'm pretty sure later in the story it says it's a castle. But anyway, they're all gathered and they've brought Lou in to be sacrificed and you learn that everybody is okay with this because it will end their own suffering. So wherever they are, <laughs> you learn that the archbishop is also there. And then Madame LaBelle disguises Reed, Ansel, and Beau to find a witch who will let them in to the Dom Blanche camp area where they're set up. And the three of them are supposed to get in and then wait for Madame LaBelle's signal. So they're in, they're waiting, and their signal to do what? I don't know. And they're watching as Morgan starts the ritual to sacrifice Lou. But before she continues on with the ritual, she shows she has a guest of honor to surprise Lou with. And that guest of honor is Madame LaBelle because she got cat. And Reed, who just learned that this is his mother, runs to save her. And when Reed runs to save her, Morgan immediately puts a dagger into Madame LaBelle's chest. And Reed continues on after that, and he gets to where Madame LaBelle is, and he pulls the dagger out. And then Morgan, as Reed is doing that, binds Ansel and Bo with her magic to, like, stay where they are. And then Morgan goes to slice Lou's throat, and Coco jumps in to save her. And Lou screams that everybody has to save Coco no matter what. And Lou is untied at this point. And while this is going down, Bo starts stripping down and he starts singing to create a distraction. That part makes like no sense as to why that was in the book because it didn't really need a distraction but it's really funny and it just it kind of went along with the chaos that ensued so then reed holds a dagger to morgan's throat and he turns to see someone holding the archbishop at knife point and as well and if he kills morgan the archbishop will die morgan somehow gets freed and runs and cuts lou's throat and it is in this moment that reed exchanges the archbishop's life for lou's and he learns that he is also a witch and then the Chasters show up, like too little too late, and John Locke saw Reed kill the Archbishop, and he tries to kill Reed. They save Madame LaBelle, and then Reed, Lou, Coco, Bo, Ansel, and La Madame LaBelle, of course, go back to their camp as Coco shields them from Morgan with her blood magic. And when they arrive back at camp, Reed learns not only is he a witch, he is the first male witch, apparently. Reed and Lou make up at this point and tell each other that they love each other. And the end of the book is basically all of them realizing they need to develop a plan to take out Morgan so they aren't all on the run anymore, especially because all of the king's children will die with Lou. And that includes Reed and Bo. All right, now that we've gotten all the plot, I am going to tell you what I liked about Serpent and Dove, which is a lot. I loved Serpent and Dove. I read it in two days. <laughs> I loved that it was so fast 
case and I like how the author built the world because she didn't just info dump it on me because when authors do that it drives me nuts. I will not finish the book or I will skip the world building and just hope for the best to understand it or I'll like look up stuff so that I understand. Honestly I get spoiled that way but I really really hate slow paced book or the info dump kind of books. I don't like them and um honestly though it is so fast that sometimes things get a little confusing. They are typically explained later. The book also has a lot of like quirky things in it from the characters that are just really funny. I also like the plot of uh witches kind of against the church and like just that whole plot I just find so interesting. I don't really remember disliking anything about the book when I read it because it was so good from start to finish and it held my attention all the way through which is unusual for books to do. They usually don't hold my attention the entire time I'm reading them. Only some books do and this was one of them. I always do a favorite character from each book I read and honestly I'd probably have to say Lou was my favorite. I just think she's hilarious and I feel a lot for the character with her parents hating her and feeling like nobody loved her for a minute and being on the run all the time. It's just such a hard way to live and so I just feel for her a lot and I really like her. I like how tough she is and she's so smart but you don't expect her to be that smart and I really like that about her. Coco is a close second for a favorite character because she's a real one. I just don't know that I got as much from her as I would have liked. Oh something else I liked about Serpent and Dove that I don't think I mentioned about it is this book is dual perspective. I am a huge fan of dual perspective or just multiple uh, points of view in books because I just love getting all those details from the different characters and hearing it through each character's story and I like when an author can do it really well and it moves the plot along because sometimes it doesn't always but in this book it did it really nicely. It went well with the fast-paced nature of the book. My rating for Serpent and Dove, I don't think this is going to be shocking but it was a 5 out of 5. I looked it up on Goodreads to make sure that was true but I did give it a 5 out of 5 and I always say I'm stingy with my 5 star reads but I feel like lately I haven't been as stingy. Basically, the way I do five stars, if I liked the book from start to finish, it held my attention. I pretty much rated a five star read. Like even, um, so I love the Akatar series, but A Court of Thorns and Roses, the first one, I rated a two and a half out of five, which I don't know if I'll do an episode on or not because I skipped so much of that book because of the world building and I just kind of learned through other sources what the world looked like and I was fine. A Court of Mist and Fury and A Court of War and Ruin, Aka War. Yeah, I rated those five out of five. My current reads are Dance of Thieves and I just finished Blood and Honey. I also just recently got an Amazon Fire, so I have Kindle on it and I actually don't really buy books that often. I typically check them out from the library because I don't want to spend that much money on books. Although I will say Serpent and Dove is a book I did purchase. Blood and Honey I rented from the library and so I have a lot of books on hold. Would that 
being said, if you know of any books that I could get the e-version of through the library where it probably won't be on hold, let me know because I would love to have some more books to read because I think in some of the books I placed on hold, I'm like 13th in line. So it's going to be a while before I can get to them. And if you want to stay up to date with episodes, rant about your favorite or most hated book, share your favorite coffee drink and more, you can follow me on Instagram at bookish underscore cafe underscore pod, which I will link in the show notes. See you next week at the Bookish Cafe.